Coming up on the WAC podcast, after New Mexico State men's basketball team's big win in the NCAA tournament, they've hired a new head coach. Drew Spira, the associate commissioner for basketball, will be joining us as a special guest. And we have a record-setting day for a baseball player. We'll tell you who it is coming up on the WAC podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. I'm Kendra Sheehan alongside Eric Danner, and it is been a big week, a lot of breaking news, basketball season, a lot of different coaches, changes, and New Mexico State has hired a new head coach. That is our lead story, and I apologize. I'm playing hurt here. i got a bad uh, cold going here. Uh, somebody in the office may or may not have given to me. Don't look at me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, New Mexico State moved rather quickly after Chris Jans accepted the job at Mississippi State in the SEC. They have hired Greg Heyer. So they hired Heyer. <laughs> I thought of that on my own. I'm sure that's the headline all over the place to lead their men's basketball program. Again, uh, they've had such great success over the last 10, 20 years, 10, 10 years in particular in the WAC. And uh, Mario Mocha goes with the uh, hiring of Greg Hire. has a lot of experience winning <laughs> hiring basketball <Greg> games. <laughs> and uh, comes from Northwest Florida. So comes from a junior college, had a lot of success there, but also coached with Chris Jans, many other places along the way. Yeah, he led Northwest Florida State to an NJCAA Division One National Championship last season. And what's also interesting is uh, James Miller, who is the assistant coach, has now moved over with Chris Jans. So there, there was some speculation that uh, James could, could be the head coach, but uh, again, uh, not going to second guess any any decisions here. Uh, no. James lands in a great spot, being the assistant coach to Chris Jans in at Mississippi State. And uh, now, now we get to see uh, what a new head coach can do at New Mexico State, continuing that great tradition they have there. Yeah, they're such a strong program. They've got a lot of guys. It'll be interesting to see what guys are sticking around and what their team looks like. They have a ton of talent, I think, coming up, especially in their younger classmen. So expect them to be another strong team. Now, I have seen, uh, again, uh, various places on Twitter that uh, Teddy Allen would be exploring going to the NBA uh, potentially, yeah. of course, after such a great NCAA tournament, uh, we saw Fardaz Amak do the same thing last year for Utah Valley. And again, if you read Twitter, that's that's also a possibility as well this year. Only two rounds in the NBA draft, though, so it's pretty difficult to get drafted. Uh, but there are some, you know, potentially some other places. You know, you can play overseas or the G League, places like that. But be interesting to say, as you said, who stays, who goes, who they bring in. Uh, this is, of course, the biggest week of the year for college basketball Ooh. in terms of how's your bracket women's, looking? Uh, still alive. I know it's annoying. Still alive. <laughs> uh, Kansas. I, I decided to pick uh, with a little whack tie-in. Bill Self, the head coach at Kansas, used to coach at Tulsa when they were in the whack, made an elite eight run. So I gave the uh, the nod to Kansas on my bracket. So I did oh. not go Gonzaga in Arizona like ninety percent of the other people in the office. Yeah, in the office, uh, you were at the bottom. Yes. And, well, I was uh, at the top. You were at first the top. First round, I was at the top. Second round, at no, the bottom. No, at the, at the end of the first round, I was at the top. I took a screenshot, and it was going to be my phone screen Is it going to be your background? Yeah, because it was Zoom? such a big deal. And now I'm like, 
second to last. Middle, middle of the pack. Yeah, towards the bottom. But uh, Final Four this week, uh, Duke, North Carolina. Uh, a little whack tie in here. So Scott Williams, who's the analyst for Grand Canyon University, mm. North Carolina alum, was an All-American uh, for the Tar Heels. Good friend of a guy that you might have heard of uh, named Michael Jordan. Oh. So if you look at Scott Who Williams' Twitter, uh, he got a gift package from MJ of North Carolina gear, and Scott is heading to the Final Four to root on his Tar Heels. Uh, we had him on the show back during the COVID when we are in lockdown. Fascinating guest. It was when the last dance was going on. He was uh, in the background in many episodes. He was on those Bulls teams that won some NBA championships with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan told the story of how Michael Jordan actually pretty much got him the gig with the Bulls. He went undrafted, uh, knew Jordan from North Carolina. Jordan put in a good word for him with Jerry Krause. He winds up making the team, had a very uh, robust NBA career, I believe 10, 12 years. And then as one of the few guys has, has this distinction, played with both MJ and LeBron James. Oh. So he, MJ was towards the end of his career. Scott Williams was a, a rookie. At the end of Scott Williams' career, LeBron James was a rookie. So oh. I think there's only like five guys in history to have done yeah. that feat. So anyway, he's the Grand Canyon analyst, does a fantastic job. So good luck for his uh, Tar Heels. Of course, everybody, it seems, rooting for Coach K in his final uh, appearance in the Final Four. Well, you know, seeing two... ACC teams in the Final Four that aren't Florida State or Syracuse just kind of hurts me. So, Yeah, it's hard for me to, <laughs> to still think of Syracuse as ACC because <laughs> I'm old school and they're the Big East. Well, You know, Ronnie Cycli. They're ACC. Derek Coleman. <laughs> Sherman Douglas, if you will. Jimmy Boheim. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Boeheim and his two kids now that are on his team so anyway yeah so and then the kansas villanova let's not forget villanova that's also a great program so that'll be fun to yeah. watch uh this week in uh in men's basketball women's basketball great game the other night between connecticut and north carolina state wow what a game that was double overtime i mean that was an exciting one of course uconn has been so dominant in the women's basketball for so long their 14th straight final four page buckets oh, you man. ever what you a know player. i mean she's she's Incredible. She, she's the real deal. And 27 points. Uh, they'll face off against Stanford on Friday, and the final four for the women is in Minneapolis, South Carolina, and Louisville on the other side of the bracket. So Look at that. one, All one seeds except for Connecticut, the two seed. Connecticut. And Stanford, I believe, has uh, Russell Wilson's sister playing for them. Yes. Yes, she does. I believe it's her senior year, so it's pretty pretty emotional for Shout her, I believe. Shout out to the Denver Broncos quarterback. That's right. And his wife. Sierra. The queen. The queen of Denver. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah, very exciting. Well, speaking of queens who like diamonds, let's uh, transition to baseball. Ooh, uh, that's a good transition. Sam Houston. Shine bright like a diamond. No, okay. <laughs> Wrong singer. <laughs> Is it? No, it's Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah. I just. Sam Houston baseball got a, had a big week from Carlos Contreras. Nine runs batted in in one game. That's a new Bearcats record. Not only that, he did it against their arch rival, Stephen F. Austin. What a way to. I mean, what a performance to do it against your your rival. He hit a grand slam in his first at-bat. Then he followed that up with a two-run single, then a two-run double, and then a leadoff homer to open the sixth inning. And so that has been held by Bobby Verbick since 2007. So it's been around for a little while. We looked it up. It's going to be your uh, whack-in-the-day topic oh, yeah. this week. Uh, the, Friday. Uh, the whack record 
is Tune 13 in. runs batted in for in one game. Okay. Uh, this is the most we've had in one game since 2018 when uh, Noah Hout from New Mexico State had 10 runs batted in one game in a 39 to nothing victory over Mississippi Valley State. Yeah, I almost thought that was a typo, 39 to nothing. Yeah. I'm like, where's the run? Nothing. No run rule. No there. run rule, just keep on going. 39 runs. That was, yeah, against a Division One team, too. So uh, Tuesday night we had a big night of uh, whack baseball, a couple of wins over top 20 programs. Very exciting. Of course, when you get a top 20 win, that brings a lot of light to the whack in the baseball league that we have. We have a strong baseball Very league. Strong, we have yes. a lot of teams that have, have beaten a lot of great teams in the non-con slate. So the two wins uh, last night, we had uh, Abilene Christian going on the road, knocking off TCU. And then we also had Sam Houston with the aforementioned Carlos Contreras beating uh, Texas Staters, ranked number 20 in the country. And Grand Canyon, they lost to Arizona. They play them. They beat them earlier in the season. But uh, had a very uh, very uh, strong showing, if you will, against the Wildcats. So a uh, big night of uh, whack baseball on a Tuesday uh, where, you, where you see some of these uh, matchups against Power 5-type schools, top 20-type schools. Yeah, do we have a count on how many uh, top 20 teams that the WAC has beaten this year? We don't, but if we did, it would be a we great might. number. <laughs> We'd have to look for it. I don't have that at my fingertips right now. But uh, some uh, big games happening this weekend. Grand Canyon, as we mentioned, they're 8-1 and one in the WAC West Division. Uh, look to be uh, kind of the team to beat right now anyway. They play New Mexico State, uh, as we've mentioned uh, many times on this podcast. Anytime it's Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, doesn't matter what the sport is. It's always a pretty good Rivalry going on. Dixie State, how about them? They're 8-4 yeah. in the WAC this year. It's uh, uh, an area that's uh, pretty big for baseball. If you ever go to St. George, they have Bruce Hurst uh, Stadium there. Bruce Hurst, of course, uh, was a great major league pitcher, uh, played there at uh, Dixie State. They uh, they will actually be playing some non-conference uh, baseball this weekend. Lamar, remember we had Coach Davis on last week? He was... Preparing to play Texas A&M Corpus Christi, they picked up the victory there, seven to two. They then went to UTRGV, losing two of three, but they did have one of the best catches of the year. Ooh! Uh, uh, by Mike McDonald, I believe was the name, the outfielder. Matthew McDonald. Matthew McDonald. I think well, I, it was definitely a McDonald's for sure. Could be Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but my goodness, it was about to be a home run. Matthew would, McDonald. Matthew. Yes. Was I correct? Uh, yes, you are correct. Oh, yeah. Good job. Uh, in left field, he goes over the wall, brings it back in, was going to be a home run. Great defensive play. And also GCU, though, winning the whack top play this week. You know how I feel about catch. my defensive plays. You know, this is your time of year to shine. Then, this is that's it. that's pretty much what our plays are going to be from here on out. I always look for, in basketball, those big blocks, the big big defensive plays. And here, here we are. Uh, GCU uh, Taylor Aguilar. It yes. was he was the sliding juggling catch. Pretty impressive. Love to see that. And then uh, Sam Houston. We mentioned beating uh, top twenty ranked Texas State. They will be hosting UTRGV. And on, in baseball, they play uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. One game each day. Uh, of course, if there's weather or something like that, they might try to combine them. But uh, Abilene Christian getting that big win over TCU. They are five and four in the Southwest Division. They will be at Lamar, so that's a pretty good matchup to Ooh. watch this weekend as well. Put it on my highlight when I'm monitoring the games. Which Softball, ones? Cassidy Wilbur has been on fire. 
pitcher for Stephen F. Austin, was a preseason pitcher of the year. He's been our whack pitcher of the week, brought to you by Ticket Smart. Last, I believe, two weeks, maybe more than that, in a row. And now, I know if you listened to the WAC podcast last week, you were you heard us talk about Cassidy Wilbur and how we were hoping to talk to her. Well, guess what? The wait is over. It's going to happen tomorrow. That is Thursday as we shoot this on a Wednesday. The 31st of March. Of March. And Didn't wait, March is already over. I know. That means we are one-fourth of the way that through 2022. Crazy. But we will have her on at 1.30 Central Time on Instagram Live. So we'll be promoting that on our Twitter. Make sure you guys check that out. We'd love to hear you know, from her after her terrific season. So very exciting. We got that locked in. It's happening. Good to go. Tune in. What kind of questions are you going to ask? Well, I always have to ask very important questions like go-to meal. Uh, you know, uh, what do you listen what, what to? What song do you listen what song? to to pump I mean, you up? The yes. questions, and then sometimes like to look at the comments before we've had some people uh, comment some funny things. But how she got involved in the sport, what she, you know, what she does, how does she lock in? Obviously, pitching is kind of a, a mental sport. So how do you break through that barrier? You know, different things. We're really gonna we're gonna go in there. We're gonna really go gonna figure deep. it out. Uh, she is our pitcher of the week, the whack hitter of the week, brought to you by Ticket Smarter. Carly Nance, and this is a uh, name WAC fans might be familiar with from Seattle U, has been an outstanding player there for a number of years. She had 510 at-bats, hitting three home runs, having eight RBI as a Seattle U uh, took on Utah Valley this past week. Yeah, Seattle U is 4-2 and two in the WAC right now, so they're sitting in third in the West Division. California Baptist also 4-2, and two, so pretty close uh, between the top three teams there. Grand Canyon obviously at the top 5-1, and one, but definitely she was a big part of contributing to their solid week. A couple games to watch out for this week. Uh, top the West Division, Grand Canyon will be taking on California Baptist. Ooh. That will be at GCU, and uh, they play a doubleheader on Friday starting at 1 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, a.k.a. Pacific Time. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, Saturday they will play at noon Mountain Standard Time because, honestly, Phoenix, Arizona, only state that hasn't figured out, I guess parts of Indiana as well, to not do... They not not convert the time. They're, yeah, they're the same time all year. But then when I think about it, and I'm like, it'd be so much easier. But also, I know it kind of it it stinks when it gets dark so early and that. But then you then you switch time zones, and then it's so light early. I don't know. It's just cool. I'm just saying. This <laughs> I think is, I'm, maybe no one else feels that way. Well, <laughs> you know, supposedly, right? They passed some sort of legislation that this is not going to happen that's, anymore. Like after two years. So I mean, that's that's well see that when it happens yeah is there somewhere else that like the daylight savings time deal might have to get involved so then would it just be it would be tinfoil hat to discuss the time (laughs) zone theories here it would just be lighter later that's what they would go with um i think they would keep the daylight savings time all year so it's gonna be like super dark in the mornings in the winter oh i don't know that's fine that's fine okay uh, I'll let uh, Congress know yeah, that uh, Kendra approves. <laughs> but I still kind of like the idea. So, Stephen F. Austin, we look forward to your conversation with Cassidy Wilbur. They will be uh, taking on Sam Houston in the Battle of the Piney Woods on the softball diamond, if Ooh, you will. Ooh, I love these Battle of the Piney Woods. It's such a longstanding rivalry. And they, uh, they'll play Friday at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock Central Daylight Time, Saturday at noon. So, 
Uh, Stephen F. Austin was the team picked to win the Southwest Division, and they uh, they have not disappointed there. But um, pretty competitive there at the top with Abilene Christian checking in at eight and four. The uh, Lady Jacks, by the way, going back to SFA have won five in a row and are the hottest team currently in the WAC. Oh, wow. And Abilene Christian is headed to Texas A&M this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And they're eight and four. So they're, they've got more wins than Stephen F. Austin, but they got more losses. So they're in second. But. Well, we're going to uh, get back to basketball. When we come back, we're going to talk to Drew Spira, the Associate Commissioner for Basketball in the Western Athletic Conference. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheen. We're now joined by Drew Spira, the Associate Commissioner for Basketball for the Western Athletic Conference. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Drew, uh, first off, but not only welcome to the show, welcome to the WAC. You started here uh, just a, a little while ago and already got your feet wet with your first WAC basketball tournament. Let's kind of, I guess, back up a little bit, let people know who you are and where you're from. Uh, I guess more specifically, where, where do you come from? Uh, right now to the WAC. Yeah, um, obviously I, I started probably a little over a month ago now. Like you mentioned, um, went to Vegas with with the staff and we had a great tournament there. But most recently I was the uh, director of basketball operations at Kansas State uh, under Coach Weber for the last nine years. Uh, was with him for 10 years, actually. The first year I was a video coordinator. Um, and, and previously before that, I worked at University of Iowa with Coach McCaffrey for two years as a graduate assistant. Um, and I played basketball at the University of Central Florida, um, you know, in the early 2000s. Uh, so I grew up around Florida, Orlando area. So uh, I've kind of been all over the place. Obviously been, been in the Midwest here for the past 12 years or so, um, you know, but excited to join the WAC and, and, and bring my basketball knowledge and experience um, to this position. And, and so far, it's been really great. Like you mentioned, we were at the um, – the conference championship in, in Vegas. That was my first experience um, with the WAC championship and, and it was a well-run event. I thought we had a, everybody there did a great job and, and, and I thought the, the outcomes were, were great for our teams. And then obviously I was, I, I followed uh, New Mexico state to Buffalo the week after, and I was um, with them and saw their, their great victory in the NCAA tournament and, and one that's obviously will be remembered. And so it, it's been an exciting few weeks for sure. Uh, heading off to the final four this weekend, um, you know, to do some more work down there. And so, um, you know, it, it's been a whirlwind so far, but like I said, had, I've had a great time. You grew up in a basketball house. Your father is the assistant coach over at Iowa. You actually went to a game over there. How has, uh, when, I guess, when did you know that working in athletics was for you and what drew you to the WAC to begin with? Well, athletics has just been a part of it for my whole life. Like you said, my father's been a basketball coach for probably around 40 years or something like that, you know, bounced around Florida, you know, was an assistant at university of Florida. He was a head coach at UCF for 17 years. So that was where we, we spent most of our time. And so I just, I, I've grown up around teams. I've grown up around coaching and that that's kind of been where I, where I started. And so it was early on when I knew I wanted to be in athletics and, and, you know, obviously I was on the coaching kind of pathway for a long time and, and, you know, the past three or four years or so, I've just been exploring 
you know, where, where can I take my expertise in, in kind of an administration side of basketball and, and business aspects of it and, and where I can be effective. And, and uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to know Brian and, and when he gave me the opportunity to come to the WAC, you know, I was excited about the prospect of what the WAC is and what it's going to become. Um, I, I think this is a league that's, that's growing very rapidly and, um, you know, something that, that has a lot of, of great things on the horizons. And so I'm just excited to be a part of the WAC and, and help um, open up this new, this new era of WAC basketball um, with, with all the schools that we're adding and, and the things that we're doing that, that'll be different for the future. Yeah, Drew, definitely the, the WAC changing even from a few years ago in terms of uh, basketball, both men's and women's. Uh, you mentioned New Mexico State to getting a win in the NCAA tournament. Stephen F. Austin on the women's side, getting a 12 seed, giving North Carolina all they can handle up until the fourth quarter. Uh, let's go back to WAC Vegas. Uh, your first time there. Obviously, you said you've been coaching for a while. You've been to a lot of basketball tournaments. What were your thoughts on being in Vegas during that week in particular? I mean, the WAC, the Mountain West, Pac-12. Uh, Big West all having tournaments at the same time. It's really the mecca for uh, college basketball that week. No question. Uh, from from a, that that perspective, like you just mentioned, you have so many different leagues that are running events in Vegas at the same time. I think that's huge. It, it creates such a great atmosphere in, in the city that during that week, um, w- with all the different basketball that's going on. Obviously, you, you know everybody else is seeing it on TV. You know my experience previous has been. Um, mostly in cities where there's only one event going on. You know, I, we worked at the Big 12 championship and that's in Kansas City and it's a great event and Kansas City gets behind it, but it is kind of the show. Um, and, and same thing with the Big 10 when I was there, you know, we would have our events. It would either be in Indianapolis or Chicago. I think they rotate now to um, DC and, and New York. But again, it's pretty much the only thing that was going in Indianapolis and Chicago. Um, uh, and, and when I was at UCF, when we played in conference championships, the field was somewhat a lot different, even from what we did at the WAC. Um, we, we were playing at host sites. Um, most of the years that I was there, we played at Memphis. Uh, they were kind of the host of the championship, obviously with Coach Cal and the success that they had. Um, Conference USA kind of, um, you know, that that's kind of where we ended up having our championship most of the year. So to be in a place um, like Vegas with a neutral site, with so much going on, the excitement, I think it's a great opportunity for fans. Um, a great opportunity for our institutions and to get there and, and have a great experience um, during conference championship week. Because when you're a player, it's such a huge thing um, to go to the conference championship, give yourselves a chance to, to go dancing uh, and make March Madness. I think that that's, that's something that's special for each kid. Um, and, and I think WAC Vegas definitely um, lived up to that for, for our WAC schools. The traveling doesn't stop for you. You had just mentioned that after our Zoom that you're going to have to pack. You're headed to New Orleans for the final four. I know that there's a lot that goes on besides just the basketball games. What are you looking forward to most in that experience that you're going to have in just a few days? Yeah, the final four is it's it's a great opportunity. Um, first, you know, you get back in front of a lot of people you don't see. We, we haven't had a final four in two years uh, that that we that is attended to by coaches and convention and and so um, kind of opened up a little bit here and excited to be in a place where, you know, get, get with colleagues, can get in front of our coaches that, that are uh, in the WAC, coaches and administrators from other places. And it, it's a place where we can bounce ideas, um, obviously have a host of meetings that we're going to get to and, and, and things that are working towards with the future with the WAC. Um, I think that's, that's the big thing that I'm hoping to get out of it down there is, um, you know, get in front of some folks and, 
and find ways that we can advance this basketball league um, from a men's and a women's perspective going forward. Well, you mentioned that they had a chance to go to Buffalo for the NCAA uh, first round uh, where New Mexico State picked up the first win by a WAC team since 2007. Uh, Kendra and I were with a couple of co-workers at a local establishment uh, cheering our hearts out one of the few times we can cheer since we always need to remain neutral at most of our uh, venues. Uh, Drew, what was it like in the arena there? What was it like uh, uh, being around uh, the New Mexico State team and and seeing them uh, pull off that uh, upset victory over Connecticut? Yeah, Buffalo had a great showing, um, you know, great crowds both day, both games that they were there. I think it was like 16,000 the first game and 18,000 the, the second. Uh, it, it was a great atmosphere. Um, you know, they, they had a great showing, obviously, the, the first game against Connecticut, you know, largely, you know, Connecticut crowd uh, be, because of the location and, and where it was at. And so uh, th- them getting that victory, being around that team, I would say, they, they had confidence the entire time. You just had a feel that they, they, they were going into that game that they were expecting to win. Um, and, and that's exactly the type of mentality that's necessary to, to take a team like that um, and, and advance in the NCAA tournament. And so I think kudos to New Mexico State for not only um, winning the conference championship, but what they did and they're building their resume throughout the year that put them in a position that they could get a 12 seed. Um, and we've just seen statistically, it, you know, from bracket followers, you, you, everybody always talks about a 12-5 matchup, but even statistically, there's a reason for that. There's, there's a much higher percentage chance that you have an opportunity to win that game. Um, and so for, for New Mexico State to earn that right, to be in that conversation and to get that game against UConn, I think was huge. Um, and then to go out and, and, and back it up with their play. Um, obviously, the second night didn't, didn't exactly go the way that they wanted. Um, Arkansas was a great team, as we saw. They, they, they advanced another few rounds after New Mexico State. And, and so I, I think that, um, you know, it, it was a great showing by them as a whole. Obviously, Coach Jans did a remarkable job, you know, has had the opportunity to, to you know, get another job and, and move on. And, and so I think overall, the, the field in Buffalo, it's, it's the NCAA tournament. And, and I think the biggest thing is that we're back to a, a traditional NCAA tournament. We're back to that field. We're not in a bubble. It wasn't canceled. Um, I think that, that that was an amazing thing for a basketball, you know, fan, for a basketball person like me to be a part of. And so it was great being there. Now, conference realignment has been a topic of discussion for the past several months. We've obviously added four new basketball schools this year. We'll add UIW, UT Arlington, and Southern Utah next year. For you coming in, where do you hope the conference goes and how do you hope to contribute to the growing success of the WAC? Well, obviously, I think we've, we've had a huge jump um, just in conference ratings since the, in this year. I think last year we were 26th conference. Now we're 15th this year. I think that's a huge step. Obviously, you know, we, we'd love to even push that further uh, w- with what we're doing as, as a group. And, and so I think, like you mentioned, we're going to add even more teams. Um, Southern Utah has been strong. I think they had a great year. They, they made it to the semifinals of the basketball classic just the other night. Um, Arlington, another school that that has had some basketball um, tradition, some history there. You know, it's it's in a place that makes sense with the rest of the league, and and honestly have resources that that they'll be competing. You know, in the top part of that league, and so obviously, Incarnate Word is is still like some of our other institutions, um, new to the Division One level a little bit, um, still finding their way. But uh, I, I believe that they've they've got some some great um, investments into their facilities, into their program. And so I'm, I'm interested to see 
how they they progress as well. Obviously, being in a, in a huge metropolitan area, they're going to have access to um, recruits and that type of thing. And so, uh, I, I would expect that all three of those institutions add some great value to our team to our uh, conference as a whole. But obviously, to as a collective, um, you know, the, the end goal is you know continue to push in this conference forward, continually putting ourselves in position where we're getting 12 seeds and higher in the NCAA tournament. Can we put ourselves in a position where um, we're, we can get a multiple bids into an NCAA tournament um, from men's and women's perspective? And so I think that, that that's kind of the end goal, obviously, it, it is there'll be a lot of legwork to get to that point and on trying to figure out what can we do scheduling to be creative and competitive? What can we do from a conference standpoint? What can we encourage in a non-conference standpoint? And I think, um, you know, that's part of the reason that, I was, you know, put in this position is I've spent 10 years scheduling basketball games um, around the country. And so I have a lot of people that, you know, can lean on, can try to connect. And so I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to use all those avenues that I can to increase the, the prospects for, for our institutions that we have currently and we will, you know, have in the future, obviously. So we're bringing in new ones and then in a couple of years, we'll lose a couple. So uh, I think overall, the league is strong and, and we've proven that. Uh, by winning a game and earning a 12 seed. And so we'll just continue to find ways to, to, to gain strength as we move forward. Well, Drew, you mentioned uh, going to New Orleans, uh, going to some meetings, uh, meeting up with some coaches, those kind of things. But uh, how about attending the games? Are you able to do that? And uh, I think most people in the country would love to be in the arena when uh, North Carolina plays Duke. No question. Um, there, I have attended many games in the past. Uh, I will not be attending the games this year. Uh, just unfortunate for the timing. Um, you know, I booked this trip quite a while ago, even before I was with the WAC. And so, uh, you know, I didn't plan on staying with the tickets, have tickets and staying for that game, but I'm hoping to uh, be at a good place to watch that game. Like you mentioned, everybody's going to want to see the North Carolina Duke rematch. Um, and I think obviously the the second game, you know, Villanova, Kansas will be equally as, as, as good of a game um, in the final four this weekend. Yeah, we look forward to hearing the story of how that trip went and all the experiences that you'll get to have. That is Drew Spira, who is our Associate Commissioner for Basketball. Thank you so much for joining us on the WAC Podcast. We're happy to have you with the WAC and uh, enjoy your trip. I appreciate it. Thank you both. Excited to be here and uh, we're excited to see where this league goes. Thank you for your work. All right. Thanks, Drew. And thank everybody for listening. To the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.